0: Hey everybody, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're so glad that you're here catching up with us. So sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation between two of our pastors from one of our online Sunday services. You can actually join us every Sunday for our online services, so make sure to head to c3victory.org.au for more information. Good morning Church. We want to say a huge Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. Grandmothers, great-grandmothers maybe. uh, We hope that you have had a fantastic morning. Yeah, hope you've had brekkie in bed. A little cup of tea or something. Cup of tea. hope you've been well
1: taken care of.
0: Maybe you've uh, opened some, little. I don't know, fluffy kind of...
1: It's not Mother's Day unless you get a dressing gown. That's right,
0: or or Ugg boots. Or Ugg boots. Classic Mother's Day. It was, uh, Rachel and I were, we were talking the other day about things that we remember our mums doing, that uh, we now find ourselves doing as parents, which I think is one of the more kind of humorous mm. aspects of getting older, having kids. Um, some of them are, are really nice. Like I remember I remember a distinct memory of my mum uh, sitting in the hallway between my room, my sister's room, and she would read books. She'd do like the Hobbit series. We did like the Famous Five, Secret Seven. Um, And it's funny because I now notice that Mm. I really love doing the same thing with Addie and Evie. I sit in their room, read books, not quite up to the Hobbit yet. Um, But it's one of those things that you remember so distinctly. Mm. It's kind of become a part of the way that you approach things. And I know that you've got-
1: Well, I was saying to you the other day, I, I remember, things that my mum would say that I now hear coming out of my own mouth and it's frightening. It's frightening because everything that you would roll your eyes at your mum about when you are a kid, you now have your own child rolling their eyes at you. Like I'd say to Addison, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And they were the exact (laughs) words that my mum would say to me.
0: I remember I said the other day, I said to to Addie, oh, what was it? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, That's which good, was, like, it was like classic mm, mum. That was like, she said that so often. It's just repeating sister. itself, isn't it? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know, I don't know whether you uh, can, can remember any times in your life where uh, certain things that your mum did uh, just have become like seared, I mean imprinted uh, into... Your memory shaping who you are, and uh, maybe, maybe right now you're beginning a family, young family, and you're beginning to see those things come out of you. You didn't even know they were there, oh, they're but, there. but now it's like, Whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, oh, mum's mom, like right there. Um, and you know, it, it's fun to look back, it's fun to remember, it's fun to yeah. think about the impact that mums have on our lives because it's significant, uh, it's, it's a huge impact. Mm-hmm. And I love Mother's Day for that reason for remembering the impact that. The mums do have on our lives and the lasting imprint that they kind of kind of shape us with and, mm. and give us the trajectory of, of life out of that. But we wanted to we wanted to celebrate mums today yeah. uh, and the role that they play uh, specifically in shaping uh, families, in shaping uh, children into adults. Um, it's a huge day, so happy Mother's Day to happy everyone! Mother's
1: day. Yeah, yeah, and we know too that Mother's Day can sometimes be. A tough day for some people, and we wanted to take a moment just to acknowledge that and those people where perhaps Mother's Day comes with a a tint of sadness for you. We just want you to know that we love you and that we're thinking of you, and we pray that today would be a really lovely day honoring your own mother, whether she's here or not here, Um, but yeah, happy Mother's Day anyway.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, But the the truth is that uh, today, uh, at the moment, uh, the beginning of our service, we don't just want to honour our mums or, you know, maybe you're honouring your mum this morning, but we want to honour one other really significant woman um, in our lives, uh, in the lives of everyone who is connected to our church. Mm. And uh, that is our Senior Minister, Pastor Janet. We want to honour you this morning. Uh, We want to celebrate you. We want to say Happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, we really we want to honour you for all of the leadership that you have brought to uh, our church family, all of our lives. Yeah. We want to honour you for the way that you care, um, yeah. the way that you've cared for us personally, but also uh, for everyone who's watching as uh, someone who is a part of your church. And I know the, the level of care and concern that you carry yeah. uh, for each and every person. Uh, We want to honour you and thank you today for the prayers that you've prayed for everyone, uh, the way that you have uplifted uh, the whole church community in Mm -hmm. prayer, the way that you have spoken out things over people's lives and believed in people. Uh, We want to thank you for walking beside us, uh, us, but also us as a whole body. Uh, We want to thank you for walking beside us uh, through the good times and through the difficult times of life. Um, and and really believing that there is greatness on each and every life. Uh, So we wanna honor you this morning, Pastor Janet. And actually, uh, for every person that's watching right now, we're gonna put a phone number up uh, on the screen and I want to ask you, can you right now get your phone out or sometime uh, in, in the next few hours, get your phone out and I'm going to ask you to text the number that is on the phone.
1: Now, this is a surprise to her. It is. Pastor yeah, Janet doesn't, doesn't know, know
0: this, this is happening. But she does she, now. She, well, she, yeah, because yeah. she's watching. I think she's watching anyway. I hope
1: she's watching.
0: Um, <laughs> But she actually has this phone. Now, this has been our prayer line phone, but today we're hijacking it for a different reason. Surprise! And I'm going to ask that every person who's watching sends Pastor Janet a text uh, in either right now or in the next hour or so, or whenever you think about it uh, flood today. The phone. Flood the phone. Mm. That's right. We want to flood her phone with just celebration, honor, Love. thanks. Yep send her something personal, something that you remember that she has contributed to in your life. Mm. Uh, Let's make today a day that she feels so honored and so valued for the role that she's played in all of our lives. Uh, I think that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, that's great, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Um, Well, I wanna jump into the word, if I can, this morning off the back of that because the the reality is that uh, legacy and and in a way, we've been talking a bit about legacy, yeah. the, the things that you remember, the things that have been imparted to you from from your mum. But the thing with legacy is sometimes we can misinterpret it as a single thing that someone leaves behind, a single moment. And and when we do that, I think we actually undervalue and and miss out on the reality. The legacy is not just a single moment, but it's actually the culmination of all the moments of our life. Right. Uh, it's, it's actually uh, the, the result of all of the choices that we choose to make, mm. all of the actions that we actually play out in our life that, that results in not just a single impact, but the, the, the culmination of many impacts on life. I think about, you know, Pastor Janet, it's not just once uh, that she has done something. Her, her lasting impact on the lives of all of us is the, the constant, continual um, choice after choice, prayer after prayer, uh, encouragement after encouragement. Uh, the, the resulting impact often that a mum leaves on a life is never a single moment. Mm. It should never be measured in a single moment. Because the truth is the legacy is far more about all of the choices, all of the actions, all of the things that a mum does throughout life that results in shaping us and and, and results in forming us and results in uh, really setting the course for our lives. And the beauty of this is that because legacy is not just a single moment because legacy is a series of moments, we we always have the opportunity to change Mm. the legacy that we're leaving. Mm. Uh, We always have the opportunity to shape it. We have the power to change it. We have the power uh, within us each and every moment that we have a choice uh, to to make a decision into someone's life, to speak something into someone's life. you, You are given an opportunity to direct and to decide on the legacy that you are leaving along the way That's good. Uh, and I love that um, and actually I thought today what would be really uh, look I like to kind of just jazz it up a little bit add a bit of spice to our mother's day but I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to
1: I warned him about this
0: I wanted to pull out um, one particular woman in the Bible, and it's going to be a little bit controversial to land on this woman on Mother's Day, but for me, her life story actually, it communicates one of the, the most amazing elements of legacy, and that is our capacity to to change our legacy along yeah. the way. That, that where we start doesn't have to determine where we finish. That's right. that, that where we've come from doesn't determine what we leave behind and doesn't determine what we form along the way. Actually, we all have a choice at every moment to change what we're leaving and to change what we're forming and to change what we're building in and through our lives, into the lives of those around mm. us. And so the, the woman I want to concentrate on today is Rahab. Good uh, Come on. Who doesn't love concentrating on the woman in scripture who is named Rahab the Prostitute? <laughs> yes, we're, Mother's, we're, going, we're there. going there. Mother's mm. Day. And if you're watching us this morning, um, checking out our church online, I want to say welcome. You have tuned in on a great day. You are going to have some fun this morning when you uh, watch this or, or on our 5pm if you're watching this mm. evening. We
1: should call this hashtag real talk.
0: Hashtag <laughs> real talk. Rahab the Prostitute on Mother's Day. Here we go. Okay. So one of the reasons I wanted to to kind of concentrate on her is that it reminds us that, that no one is ever too far from God. That's right. No one is ever too far away from God's impact in their life. No situation that we find ourselves in is ever beyond mm. his repair. And it it no situation is ever beyond his capacity to be able to bring good out of it. It doesn't matter what what your life looks like right now. The reality is that, that God is able to bring about good. Right. He is able to bring about change. He is able to take what is negative, what is bad, and he is able to use it for good and turn it into good if you allow him to. And I love that the story of Rachel have is a story of hope, yeah. it's a story of opportunity, it's a story of transformation, and it's a story that I think we can all relate to. Because I think there are all times in our lives where we we maybe feel like we don't measure up to the person that we would like to, Mm. but we are reminded in this story that when we partner with God, when we lean into the opportunities that God is giving us, the relationship that we can have with Him, uh, we enter into a space where He is able to transform completely, not just the life we're living, but the legacy that we are building with our life. Um, And so she began a whole long way away from God. Uh, But she ended up uh, in a position where she established incredible significance for God Mm. in his kingdom. Mm. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, uh, and if you don't, there is a tab on our online stream that you can click on. It says the Bible tab. Click on that. You're going to be able to follow along. But also know this is going to go up on the screen. I want to jump into the story of Rahab right now and pull a few things out for us as we celebrate Mums motherhood and the legacy that they leave in our lives so come with me to the book of joshua Uh, Joshua, I've got to be honest, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, Contextually, it's it's a recount of when the nation of Israel uh, crossed over into the land that God had said, I'm going to give you this land. Uh, The problem was that there was all sorts of other people living in that land and they had to uh, go to to war against those other people and and occupy the land. And the story that we pick up on right here with with Rahab is the first uh, fortified city that they come to. Uh, And God says, listen, I'm going to give you this city. Uh, But they've they've got to deal with the fact that there's people living there uh, that are strong, that are warriors. And um, so what Joshua does is he, he sends in a couple of spies in advance trying to check out how exactly are we going to be able to infiltrate this fortress Uh, of Jericho and actually be able to take the land that God has promised to us and so sends in some spies and this is where we pick up the story because the spies end up uh, staying the night which we're not going to get into that but they end up staying the night in the home of Rahab the prostitute and this is (laughs) this is where we pick up the story I'm just going to skip straight over that this morning I think it's probably a good idea. So Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, we're going to read through to 21, which it's going to be a little bit of a passage here, but I'm going to to kind of just skip through it if that's all right. So it says that Joshua sent out two spies uh, from the camp um, to go and have a look into the land of Jericho. Um, And so they went and they stayed at the house of the prostitute named Rahab. Someone told the king of Jericho that there's some Israelites who have come here tonight to spy out the land. And so the king, he sent orders to Rahab, bring the men out who have come to your house. They are spies sent here to discover the best way to attack. And now so Rahab, it says, who had hidden the two men, uh, replied, the men were here earlier, but I don't don't know where they are or where they've come from. Uh, They left the city at dusk as the city gates were about to close. And I don't know where they went. If you hurry you can probably catch up with them now the reality is that that was that was a complete lie uh, Rahab uh, lied on behalf of these two spies to protect them she'd if we read on in that scripture it says you know before uh, the the King's men had come to her door she'd sent them up onto the roof hidden them underneath some some flax uh, on the roof um, until the King's men had come and then they went to chase them out the city gates believing what, movie, it? what it would make a okay, game great movie what a plot I mean it's got all this intrigue and um, all kinds of things. But I find it really interesting that at some point, and we are not told when, but at some point Rahab made a decision to go against the life, the the people, the uh, the, the entire culture that she was embedded in. She made a decision that she was going to go against that and partner herself with the people of God. And we don't know what led to that decision, but it it tells me one thing. It tells me that God was working even before Mm. Rahab had an opportunity. God was obviously working in Rahab's life, drawing her into a relationship with him. Uh, And we're not told exactly what that looks like, but it's interesting because further on in the passage, we are told um, that In verse eight, it says, Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up onto the roof to talk with them. And she said this, I know the Lord has given you this land. We are all afraid of you. Everyone is living in terror. For we have heard of what the Lord did when he made a dry path through the Red Sea, when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to... to, these other towns um, and these other kings, um, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted with fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above the earth and below. Now we don't know what it was that that ultimately led Rahab to realize that about God. But at some point, She came to a position where she chose to believe something about God that ultimately was a critical decision in dictating the entire future, not just of her life, but actually of her entire family Mm. and the generations that came after her. And I mean, I I know for me, for, for, you know, the the way in which my mum raised me to believe that there was a God has 100% been one of the most critical decisions and and critical elements of my life that she has imparted to me. Now, that didn't mean that I didn't need to do my own journey in exploring who God was and what He meant to me. But she imparted a reality that there was a God, Mm. that He is real and that He loves me. And it's this moment in Rahab that, that took her life really from a... A journey that was, I mean, she's described as Rahab the prostitute. She is living in a nation that doesn't know God, doesn't live according to God, doesn't have relationship with Him. And yet in this moment, she makes a critical decision to declare and believe that, that the God of the Israelite nation is the one true God. And I'm, I'm going to go against everything that I've been brought up believing. And I'm going to take a faith step here. Mm. I'm going to choose to hide you on the condition that when you come and take this land, you would save me. And we read on, that's exactly what happened. She makes a deal with the spies that she's going to hide them and protect them on the condition that when they come back with the whole nation of Israel to take the land of Jericho, that they would save Rahab. And her decision to believe in God, that He is the one true God, and then because of that, align herself with the people of God, align herself with the family of God, that decision saved her family. Mm. It completely set her family on a new course for mm. their life. And and we actually see the result of this a little bit later on in Joshua. If you want to flick over a few pages, we're going to go to Joshua 6. The spies go back, they tell Joshua, "It's awesome. We're going to win. This is going to be great. Let's do it." Joshua says, "Awesome. Let's do this." Gets all the people, they go in, they they follow the instructions of God around the walls of Jericho. If if you've read the story, it's incredible. But we, when we get to Joshua 6, we're getting into the crux of the battle and, and kind of the, the end point. And what happens is we go from the, the zoomed out. This is what's happening right over the city as the Israelites are taking this city. And, and they zoom back in on Rahab. And, and Joshua chapter 6, verses 15 to 17, it says this. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn. They marched around the city as they'd done before. This time they went The seventh time around, as the priest sounded the blast of the trumpet, Joshua commanded the people, Shout for the Lord has given you the city. The city and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. And then later in verse 22, it says this, Then Joshua said to the two spies, Hey, go keep your promise. Go to the prostitute's house and bring her out along with all her family. And so the young men went in and they brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, all of her other relatives who were with her. They moved her whole family to a safe place near the camp of Israel. And then it says the Israelites burned the city and everything in it. They, they, they took out all the silver, the gold, the bronze, all of that. It says, so Joshua, verse 25 spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho. And here we go, here we go. This is, this is the key. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Mm-hmm. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. She made a decision that dictated the, the entire trajectory mm. of not just her life, but her brother, her sisters, yeah. her mother, her, her whole family's trajectory shifted mm. from what was going to be destruction to what became life. What was going to be a part of the city that was burned and, and overrun by the Israelite nation to now being positioned right within the family of God. She made a decision that totally changed the entire uh, forward um, uh, outcome of all the people within her life. But we started off saying the legacy is not just one single choice. Legacy is a series of choices. And, and you can ask the question, well, that's great. That was one choice. She made a decision. Awesome. She got, her family got saved. They, they started to live within the family of God. But how do we know that she continued? How do we know that she continued to make choices? Because legacy is not just one choice. Mm. Legacy is the, the, the continued choices we make. How do we know that she continued to believe in God? How do we know that she continued to live with the family of God? How do we know that, that this wasn't just a flash in the pan decision, but that she actually, from this day forward, continued to make choice after choice, day after day, month after month, year after year, to, to seek God, to have relationship with Him, to live within His family, to be a part of the community of, of believers? How do we know that she did that? That's a great question. Uh, you might be asking that. Well, that. I don't think they are. I'm sure they are right now, right in their living. I'm sure you're asking that. Um, And the truth is that we don't find that out until all the way until the book of Matthew. Mm. Um, And that's where I really want to land this morning. I want to kind of wrap things up by going to the book of Matthew. Um, And it's quite a few pages over. It's quite a few hundred years, thousands Mm. of years later that we actually find the true impact Mm. Uh, that Rahab had and the decision um, and the decisions, really, that she made in her life. Because Matthew and what we read right at the beginning of the book of Matthew, it it gives us insight into um, the fact that Rahab didn't just make that one choice, but actually Mm. uh, she continued to make those choices. uh, And that continued to set the trajectory of her family life, generation after generation after her. Um, and it's here, Matthew 1, verse 5. And actually, the whole first section of Matthew is, is really what's called the genealogy. It's like, it's like going to Ancestry.com, but in the Bible. And, and it's, it's, it's the entire Ancestry. It, it tracks um, this person was the father of this person, was the father of this person, all the way from Abraham. You see, Matthew is written to the Jews, uh, to the Israelites, saying to them, Listen, I want to prove to you that Jesus is actually the Messiah. He is actually the Son of God. And I'm going to do that by showing you how he came all the way from Abraham who who the Israelites considered to be the father of their faith, their nation Mm. came from him, promised of God that one day the Messiah would come from that that lineage. And so Matthew starts, he like lays his best piece of evidence up front. He says, I'm going to prove it to you. Abraham was the father of Isaac. And then he goes on and he lists generation after generation. Mm. And you know, if you look at that carefully, I used to think it was the most boring piece of the Bible, but, but, Really, it, it, it dictates the landing point of people's lives. You see, if we get to verse 5, it says here, Solomon was the father of Boaz, and in brackets, his mother was Rahab. His mother was Rahab. Right here, we see that Rahab, who began her story as a pagan prostitute, ends up in the lineage of, of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. We, we realize that she so established herself in the family of God, that she so continued to live choice after choice, day after day, uh, pursuing God and establishing herself and her family in his family, in his people, that she ended up being so significant in, in that in that uh, a nation at that time, that she ended up being the mother of someone who would go on wow. and, and, and be a part of the very line lineage that, that would bring forth the Messiah. Yeah. It would bring forth Jesus on the planet Earth. Yeah. And, and so here we see that Rahab finished well. Rahab finished in a position that proves that the choices she made maintained her position in the family. She didn't, just, she didn't just get out of trouble and then walk away. She didn't just make a decision that was going to save her family in the moment. Mm. She made a decision that was going to be a long-term, continual pursuit of hers. And the result of that was incredible significance. Yeah. Not just for her family, but really for us today. Her significance is still playing an impact even in our lives. As, as we uh, as believers of, of Jesus, of God, you know, her, her choice all the way back where she decided to align with the spies is still having a significant impact. And, uh, and you could say a legacy is being left even now in, in our lives. And you see, the what I what I love about reading through this genealogy is that the yes, Rahab started far from God. But ended up it a part of the motherhood of the Messiah. Mm. But every one of the women that are listed in the genealogy, and if 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 you do count, there's five. And we could talk we could talk about how five in scripture is the number of grace. Um, you know, we we could talk about that. But but all five of the women that are listed have incredible stories. Mm. All five of the women that are listed uh, come from incredible dysfunction come from places where we would be like, oh my goodness, that doesn't look like a great situation. That looks like difficulty. That looks like hardship. That, and yet all of them made decisions in their life, significant and then continual, mm. which resulted in them uh, being a part of one of the most significant and important genealogies, lineages, uh, uh, generational legacies that has ever been left on planet Earth. Let me let me listen to you. There is Ruth. Ruth is listed. Ruth was a Moabite. She was an outcast from the people of God. She was a widow. She had no future. And yet she made a critical decision where she said to her mother-in-law, you know what, your people are going to be my people, your God is going to be my God. She made a decision to shift and to change the trajectory of her life, resulting in her uh, becoming a part of the people of God and leaving a legacy uh, of, of a family that again was linked to the very birth of Jesus. Then we have Bathsheba, a scandalous story, affairs and murder in, in amongst her life. And yet she goes on to, to birth one of the wisest men that ever lived, Solomon. And then we keep going, we find Tamar. Tamar is a story of tragedy, of deception, of, of sexual dysfunction, But and yet it's transformed into this path that, that had the future of the Savior of the world on it. And lastly, we land on Mary, the very mother of Jesus, who, who scholars would say is, is likely to have been a teenager at the time, who, who ends up being pregnant outside of wedlock, which was one of the biggest scandals that could have happened at that time, and yet that Becomes through choosing to trust God in that moment mm. and choosing to raise her son day after day, week after week, month after month, based on what God told her that her son was, it resulted in the Messiah walking on planet Earth. Mm. And I I, I want to say today that mums, you have such a significant impact in the lives of those around you. And for some of you, you you made that critical decision to be a part of the family of God and and you are continuing to make that decision to make sure that that your kids are raised to know what it is to have a relationship with God, to believe in Him, to look to Him, to trust in Him, to, to seek Him. But maybe you're watching this morning and you've never made that decision. Maybe you're watching this morning and you've never considered having a relationship with God. You didn't even kind of know you could. You knew there was maybe something out there, fate, the universe. I'm here to tell you that there's more than that. There is a God who loves you. It's the God of the Bible. And He sent His Son to earth so that that Jesus could die on a cross for you. And the truth is that that is the greatest act of love that has ever happened in the history of our entire universe. Mm. That, That God would ask His one son to come and die for the single purpose of us being able to know Him and have a relationship with Him. And you know, it's super simple to make that critical step, whether it's the same way that kind of the Rahab did or Ruth or or any of the other incredible women that we see in the Bible that, that make a decision to change their life and therefore the lives of those that come behind them. It's a simple decision of believing in who Jesus is. Believing in what Jesus did when He came to earth, lived, died on the cross when He was buried and when He rose again. Accepting that that we have things in our life that separate us from God. The Bible calls those things sin. But that when Jesus died on that cross, actually in that moment, when you accept what He did, you also receive forgiveness for every single sin in your life, past, Mm. present, future. It's all gone. It's wiped clear. And you're able to have a relationship with God. So, you know, right now, I want to give you an opportunity uh, to, to take a step in that direction. I, I want to encourage you that you don't need to understand it all. And you don't need to have all of your questions answered. You might have a lot of questions about God. I want to say, that's great. I have mm-hmm. questions about God still. But right now, there's going to be a moment, a little thing that's going to come up in the feed on that screen in front of you. And it's going to say uh, that you want to respond. You want to raise your hand. I think the button says raise your hand if if you want to respond to having a relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you right now. If you feel like uh, you want to explore this more, you want to make a, a critical, concrete decision right now to say, I want this. I want a relationship with God. I want to know that God who, who formed me and designed me. I want to know and, and have a relationship with him and I want him to turn my life into one that has purpose mm. and an incredible legacy that is linked to it. Why don't you go ahead and click that button right now and then, and then if you click it a second time, it's going to take you somewhere where, where we can uh, contact you, pray with you, mm. uh, answer questions that you might have about the decision that you've just made. But I also want to pray for mums this morning. Uh, I know that living each day as a dad is is something that I need the strength of God, the grace of God to do. And I mean, I'm not a mum, so I can't speak for mums. It's but, the same. But there you go. Um, <laughs> I'm getting clarification. It's the same. The truth is that that we need God yes, to keep do. making the choices day after day to to build the legacy. It's not a single yeah. moment. It's... It's what we do each day, each moment, each month. And I want to pray for mums this morning. Mm. Uh, I want to pray uh, that you would know that God is with you, uh, that He loves you, that His grace is sufficient, that even when maybe we feel like we stuff it up or or we make a mistake, the truth is His grace is sufficient. Mm. He has you. He hasn't left you. Uh, and He is working all things together for good. Yeah. Uh, so can I pray for you right now? Uh, why don't you just bow your head, close your eyes. Mm. Father, right now, I just want to pray for every mum that's watching this morning. I thank you uh, for the just the significance that you have placed on the lives of mums to shape and form the legacy in families. Father, I thank you for the way they set the tone of families, for the way they set the atmosphere in homes, for the way they just imprint things on the very DNA of of us as children that just come out again uh, as we become adults. Father, I want to pray that you would give every mother fresh strength Mm. today. I want to pray that you would give every mother a sense of your grace mm. this morning, that your grace is enough, that when they feel weak, you are strong, yeah. God, that your strength is available, that your forgiveness is available, that that they are nowhere near uh, too far from your ability to turn things around. God, I want to pray right now that if there is any mom out there who is feeling like if things are too far gone, things are too broken, there's too big a mistake that has been made. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will just begin to speak to their very heart right now saying that there is no situation that is too big for you. There is no brokenness beyond your repair. There is no dysfunction beyond your ability to bring transformation Mm. and life in all its abundance. God, I declare right now over every every mom, uh, just, just a fresh sense of your life, of hope, mm. of joy, and of peace. Lord, I pray for every person out there listening that has a desire to be a mom. God, I pray, Father, for, for your hand to be on that. Yes. Lord, I pray for those dreams in the name of Jesus. Uh, so Lord, right now, I just thank you. And for every person this morning who prayed a prayer uh, to to move towards a relationship with you, I lift them up to you. I thank you for them. Mm. God, I pray that you would be holding them right now close to you, uh, that they would have a real sense that your presence is with them right now in the name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. 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 Well, I hope that that really blessed you this morning. I loved looking into that story and seeing the, the truth of how God works in our lives. Um, I need to go and be a good husband. Uh, I need to make my wife a fresh cup of tea. Um, <laughs> may, uh, you know, maybe, maybe some dessert or something. You later could do the washing. On. I could do the washing. Yeah. I might take the kids out for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I sent in one of our messages a little while ago. I've learned that uh, one way to bless my wife is 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 that actually remove things. <laughs> yeah. um, and often the three children, if I can get if I can get them out of the house, that's more romantic than bringing mm. food into the house.
1: Yes,
0: it is. Um, so I'm going to go and do that. Um, but we're going to we're going to send you back to our incredible hosts now. Yeah. Uh, they're going to let you know about a few things. So stay tuned. Don't switch off. We love you, church. Uh, thank you for watching. If you're visiting with us today, have a wonderful rest of your day.
1: Yeah.
0: See ya. See you guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed that message from our pastoral team. And if you'd like to know more about C3 Church Victory, please head to our website, c3victory.org.au. Until next time, we pray you have an incredible day.